0: Right, Romans chapter 12 is sort of a part of Romans 9, 10, and 11. Um, but in chapter 12, you know, in, in chapter 9, I'm not going to go in chapter 9, 10. I'm not going to re- re-teach that. But we're going to find out what Paul is now talking about, the truth that he brought as, as to how God dealt with the Jews and the Gentiles, the truth that he brought in those three chapters to us. And then he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, as a result of what I've just said, I'm beseeching you. I'm I'm calling on you. I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to be something. This is what Paul is saying. I beseech you, therefore, or for this cause, for this reason, brethren, by the mercies of God, the goodness of God, the tenderness of God, that you present your body, present your body. Now, when you present your bodies to the Lord, then you're going to present them, your, your body once for all. So don't do all this stuff. I gave it yesterday and I want it back now, you know, none of that. So that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, all right. So so I believe this is a day when God is summoning us out of the world system. We're not worldly as many would would suppose, but we are worldly in that we, we drank the Kool-Aid. I told you all I drank a whole lot of it. You know, and I, I don't mean just the poly pop that we had, we called it, but I drank a lot of the Kool-Aid of, the, uh, the, of secularism. And I think that we all did, whether we know it or not. If you really don't know, then you got a lot of it. <laughs> and and <laughs> scripture says, okay, present your bodies. That's once for all. Can you join me and just say, Lord, Lord I present my body to you body once, for all, once for all, forever, forever. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. And that's what we want to do. He says, but a living sacrifice. Now, when we, he says a living sacrifice, he means you're going to have to go through something every day. It's one thing to be a dead sacrifice. You die, you finish, it, it's done. But every day you have to do it all over again, in a sense. You do it once for all, but every day then you go through a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't, don't be conformed. Don't let the world shape you into its mold, no matter what it promises you. It's terminal. It's terminal. I taught you that. The world system is terminal, terminal. It has an end, it will be no more. So whatever it promises you, it cannot produce it eternally. So do not be conformed to this world, but uh, this we're gonna change that, the direction of our lives, but be transformed. And how are you gonna be transformed? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you're gonna prove that by testing, you're gonna prove it. And biblically, and even with my father, when my father talked about proving something, he talked about testing it. You know, I've got to go prove uh, this mule I bought or this horse I bought. Yeah, we did own a mule once when I was a little boy. Uh, I mean, I'm old so but he but he when he said that he meant i 'm going to have to test this animal to see whether this animal is what it he should be." And so he says, but be transformed. So God is, is requiring of us a metamorphosis, this transformed, means transfigured. Like when Jesus was on the mount of transfiguration, he was on the mounting of transformation, as it were. So you and I are on the mountain of transformation. We must be transformed if we are going to be those people whom he desires, needs, and depends on in this world. Now, somebody might say, I don't like that word, depend. Well, that's a good one. is a good one. Jesus ought to be able to depend on us to be who he's made us to be. Yeah, yeah. And so we are transformed. We, we want to be transfigured made into a new creation a real new creation not just a new, a new creation in name only but a new creation in practice and in performance yeah and how do you do that how, how are you transformed by renewing your mind by allowing the holy spirit to give you god thoughts instead of your own thoughts you may have a lot of good thoughts and good ideas but you want god thoughts amen and then he says you and i uh, will be able to prove by testing what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god, so you 'll find it in paul's writings he he always gives us he always concludes uh with uh, uh, uh uh, practical, he gives us practical, a list of practical duties, practical duties uh, based on the doctrines he had discussed. So, so he'll give you the doctrines, uh, the doctrinal aspects, and then he'll give you your conduct. And so we want to watch that. And this is what he is doing here. He is giving us in chapter 12 how we ought to respond to the goodness of God. Well, from the, the very first chapters, uh, chapter one on, but primarily chapters 9, 10, and 11. And so, uh, what, uh, this is uh, something that I read from Warren's Wearsby. Warren Wearsby, you, you, if you've ever w- listened to Christian radio, if you're pretty old, you've heard Warren Wearsby, you know, and uh, he was a good Bible teacher. He says, um, what does Warren say? Da, da, da. He says, in the Christian life, doctrine and duty always go together. That, that was so good, I I, I, didn't, I I couldn't take it for myself. <laughs> Uh, Doctrine and duty always go together. What we believe helps to determine how we behave. It is not enough for us to understand Paul's doctrinal explanations. It's not enough for us to understand them. We must translate our learning into living and show by our daily lives that we trust God's word. And so what Paul is saying to us here is that this is how we are to comport ourselves. Let me give you some more of those therefores that he shared with us, and I think it will help you to better understand the therefore uh, that we are looking at right now in chapter twelve. In, in the first therefore in Romans was Romans three nineteen and twenty. He says now, and he says now, uh, we know that whatever the law says it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. And so when Paul was outlining and giving instructions to the Jewish people, he said, wait a minute, you know, um, whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that, why? Not that you could become pious, more pious than everybody else, thinking that you're better than everybody else, thinking that you're God's pets. He says, no, that every mouth may be stopped. And now we, we should use something more impolite than that. We said, so every mouth may be shut. You know, that's how we did it in the old days. And all the world, listen, not just some of the world, not just the Gentiles, but all the world may become guilty before God. How big is that? So I I find it, this is a little sidebar, I find it very interesting. And our lives are more interesting than we realize. Yeah, we just, we don't see the markers and we don't pay attention to the patterns and we don't listen to the small whispers. But our lives are so amazing. I am so amazed that God had us in Romans during this period of time when this this horrible war has uh, erupted in the Middle East. They call it a conflict. I go, no, a conflict is 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 my oldest brother John getting mad at me and and punching me. That's a conflict. This is a war, you know. And so, but I find it very interesting that God has done this. And then, the part of it that puts emphasis on God saying, basically, I love all my children the same. You remember what that did to, to me, right? Y'all remember what that did to me? All right. <laughs> yeah, So so when we say God loves all of his children the same, a one particular uh, people group has some issues with that. So Paul is dealing with that way back there. This is just, wow, this is amazing, say it again. It's amazing. And so what Paul says that God's, God's desire was that everybody would know I need God. And he says, therefore, now this is the first therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. And so Paul gives us this therefore. So this is how he explains it. I don't necessarily need to give you all the therefores, but if you, don't, if you want them, I can give you the therefores. Okay, that was not a majority, so I... Okay. <laughs> that, was a, that was a minority report. <laughs> so let's look at, at the second, therefore, is in Romans 5, 1 through 2. Then we can understand how Paul is saying, listen, because of what God's done for you, it's just reasonable. That's what chapter 12. It's just reasonable, or it makes good sense, or you're out of your mind if you don't want to give him yourself. Yeah. You know? I mean, this is good stuff. The Bible is full of good things. And listen, okay, let's, let's go to the second, therefore. Uh, chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, he was talking about being, uh, Abraham uh, believed God. Abraham was a believer in God. So Abraham had faith in God. So Abraham was, as it were, saved by faith. It wasn't by the law because the law didn't come for another 430 years. So we Christians must must get it right. And I, I, I've been saying this for a long time now. You know that. Some of y'all say, oh, Lord, he's saying it again. <laughs> So, I have to say it again, because there's some of us who need it again and again. Yes, we need it again and again until we get it, all right? We get it, we get it. So he says, okay, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we we have access by faith, not by law, not by being of the offspring of Abraham in a natural sense. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, if you want to know, read chapter 4. I won't read it because of the time. But read chapter uh, 4, verses 13. You want me to read it? Okay. I, I thought somebody was saying, no, read it. Okay. For the promise, th- for the promise verse 13, 413, Romans 413. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And you and I have been declared righteous by God. We're there, everybody. We are there, everybody. This is amazing. We are there. And let's rejoice in this also. Okay. So, okay, let me read again. for the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect. So that means that what the promise that he made to Abraham means nothing, but that's not true right because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law there is no transgression so God, what did God do he concluded everybody understand that he might have mercy on everybody because the, 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 the Gentiles did not have law sinned without law Jews had law sin with law so God said all of you are messed up all y'all amen that's right that's right and so he goes down to say um, because because the law okay let me read it again for if those who are of the law are heirs inheritors faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law there's no transgression therefore it is a faith it was always the faith, everybody, that it might be according to grace. If, if, it, if it's a faith, it's according to grace. And what that word means according to is the Greek word called kata, which means it comes down from grace. So your faith always comes to you from grace, comes from the goodness of God. Doesn't come because you're smarter than the rest of us. Amen. And so he says, so that the promise... This is so beautiful and so powerful. So that the promise might be sure, steady, irrevocable to all the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of just some of us, of us all. Because through Jesus Christ, Abraham now is our father. Oh, I tell you, this is good, isn't it? The Word of God is good. And you and I are here because God has summoned us to be here. We are here because God has declared that we are his children. We are his sons. And I love this, this to say this, he can never unsun us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have you ever seen this? This is a little sidebar too. You know, some of these times, you know, these people who who have had children out of wedlock or whatever, and uh, the child now comes to say, "You're my dad," and or whatever, and and the person said, "No, I'm, no, not I'm not." And all you need is a little strand of hair. You know, can ansana, right? K Okay, where was I? 17. Okay, thank you. As it is written, this is the scripture says, he is the father of us all as it is written. It is the father of us all as it is written. It means it's sure. It will never ever change. It will never ever change. Yes. It will never change. Amen. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. And he says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did and not, it doesn't mean that, that God calls something that's not, uh, and he just makes up something, but he calls those things which did not exist. It does in other words, God doesn't have to see something to know something. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So as they did, he says, no, Abraham, who, the Bible doesn't say Abraham, I'm going to insert that so that you'll get it. Abraham, who contrary to hope, opposite, opposing hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And the word was, so shall your descendants be. And so this man, Abraham, contrary to hope, in other words, when, when, you, when you hope for something, you have, an, hope is like an object. It's something that I see that I want. Faith gets me there. You know? So so if you don't have a hope, you have no reason to have faith because it's your object. And so uh, Ob- Abraham, now, now here guy he says it's contrary to hope. So what he was, he was an, now an impotent man, right? He was an impotent man. He was um, about a hundred years old. Yeah, he was finished. Oh, total. Finished. Sarah, Sarah was uh, postmenopausal, no life in a womb. Then, you know, she was in, infertile when she was young, and all through her mid years, infertile. And she comes down to about 89, and she's suddenly fertile. Why? Because Abraham believed. That's what happened. Hallelujah, somebody. Okay. And it says, says, in verse 19, it says, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was able to perform. Amen. Brothers and sisters, that is so mind-boggling. So amazing to me. I mean, come on, you know you know how we are. You know, some, you, we get prayed for and we, we say, I, I thought you healed me because I had a little pain. But Abraham had a hundred-year-old pain. And he did not waver. He knew that this woman he had married when she was just a young thing, young girl, as it were, the young girl, he knew she had not had a baby for 89 plus years, 90 years, let's say, 90 years she had Yes, you no, God said, God said, come on, we need that, Jesus, we need that, Jesus. Mm. I want to say to you what God has promised, he is fully able to perform. Hallelujah. And verse eight, to verse 22 says, and therefore, and as a result, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So God says, no, that's righteous. That's what I want. That's what I want from you. That's righteous. So what he was, uh, and then verse 23 says, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. And so God says, I'm not doing this just for Abraham, I'm doing it for you. For you in 2023, I'm doing it for you. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Faith triumphs, everybody. Faith triumphs. Amen. So, so. Let's go back. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith in this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so what Paul wants us to know is that this, therefore, was, was placed there because of Abraham and what was brought about through him. Now, let, let me go to... Um, The third, therefore, and I won't take as much time. Uh, Romans 8, 1 and 2 is the third, therefore. Now, we are are, uh, uh, on the fourth, therefore, right? But this is the third, therefore. There is therefore now no condemnation. To those who are in Christ Jesus, I don't know why we don't like good news. I don't know why we want to make it about us and how we've got to do all these things and go through all these gyrations. The Bible says I am not in God, in Christ Jesus, because of my own uh, intellect or acumen or even my own abilities in any form. I am in Christ Jesus because it was God's idea. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So he says, we don't don't get our marching orders from the flesh. It doesn't come down from the flesh, but we get our marching orders from the spirit of God, from the Holy Spirit. Kata, kata. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That word is kata, kata, but according to the Spirit. We do not, we walk according to the Spirit. Why? We are informed by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say something for the Lord. Then Paul, he elaborates on that, therefore, by saying, for the law... This is another law, but not Mosaic law. For the law of the spirit of life. And so, what he means by the law of the spirit of life is that it is an immutable reality. Immutable. That's a good word, right? Means unchanging. You might say, well, why didn't you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I just wanted you to know that I knew of immutable. <laughs> no, I'm having fun with you. So so it's immutable. It's unchangeable. It's unchanging. So he says, for the law of the spirit of life. So the law of the spirit of life is an immutable law. It doesn't fluctuate. It doesn't change. It says, the, uh, for the law of the spirit of life, where is it located? In Christ Jesus. Amen. Where is the law of the Spirit of life located? In Christ Jesus. What is it done? Made, not set. I know set's uh, okay, but made me, say it personally, made me free from the law of sin and death. So, what the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has freed you from the law that brings wrath. Wow. 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 So, I'll. I I was hoping to get more than a few, two verses. So in Romans chapter 12, we're going to be there a little while because I've only read two verses, but let me read them again. Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. Verse one says, I beseech you, therefore, what Paul's saying. Everything he talked to us about in in Romans nine and talking about how God, framed everything about, you may want to go back and read Romans 9, because if I start that, we'll be here for a long time. But read 9 and 10 and find out how God worked this thing out for us. I mean, what I'm saying is God has done something for you that you could never have done for yourself. God has done something for you that itself is immutable. It cannot be undone. It's not changeable. And I know that there are those of us who want to make it changeable. There are some complex scriptures. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there are not complex scriptures. There are some complex scriptures that make you want to scratch your head and say, God, what do you mean? I just read that one, and now you make... What God is saying, I think this is what God has done. I really think this is what God has done. He has put these these little things, uh, like caveats maybe, uh, like buyer beware, like don't you get too cocky. So what he does is he leaves you uh, in a place where you go, I, I self. You better act right. Yeah. Body conform to God's word. That's what he's doing. He does that. He does that. But God's word is trustable. It's trustable. He says, "I beseech you, therefore, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, the goodness of God, the the good pleasure of God, that you present your bodies, your bodies, a living sacrifice." So what he's saying is is just as your body used to serve sin and crazy stuff. And I know there are enough people in here that, that your body has served some crazy stuff. And so don't be looking at me like you've been saved all your life. Yeah. But he said, just like you gave your body to do all that, I want you right now to change and give your body to God. Yeah so that your body serves God's pleasure, whatever the will of God is. That's what Paul is saying. He says, to present once for all your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be metamorphosed. Be metamorphosed, be a new creation be like the 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 uh caterpillar that becomes not a flying worm but a whole different species be be something totally different than you were you and i have the ability to be something different than we were now i just heard somebody on the front row shouting out something i'll repeat it you can't go back once you're flying out you can't go back to crawling on a limb come on everybody amen. let's give God what he what he what he what He wants let's give him what he wants amen. and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove prove by testing what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God thank you Jesus amen amen Lord I thank you for your word I ask you to bless everybody under the sound of my voice here And i thank you lord god for for this word and i pray that somebody will come to you today if they don't know you they'll come to you and i want to give you an opportunity to come to jesus because there's a song we used to sing when i was a boy none but the righteous shall see god and it's not your personal righteousness it's god's righteousness through jesus christ none but the righteous shall see god it matter what you think i'm I'm a good person doesn't matter your goodness is like filthy rags in the sight of god it's His righteousness that He wants to give you. And if you don't have His righteousness, you don't have righteousness. So, so I'm going to come back in a minute, and, and we're going to we're going to serve communion now, and then uh, we're going to. Uh, uh, Sister so Steph, you're going to do something now. We. Yeah, sing, yeah, whatever you're singing. And then I'm going to come back after that. Brother, I ask you to come to the Lord. I'll ask you before communion. You'll have the communion, but then we'll, we'll give the invitation, and then you can make a decision for Jesus. Make the right decision. Choose Jesus, all right? All right, thank you. Sister Stephanie.